With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, many conflicting emotions uh, with the Islanders down 2 nothing to the Hurricanes. Uh, some people are all doom and gloom. Some people are confident going into Game 3 at UBS Arena. You might say defiant, perhaps, going into Game 3. Um, where are you at right now, about 24 hours after the Islanders lost in overtime in Game 2? on uh, what's something that uh, we definitely won't forget anytime soon. Um, where am I at? I think I've touched them all. <laughs> uh, what, what all that loss guaranteed was that you were going to have a you, me, everyone listening, that we are all going to have uh, a couple of really shitty days here. <laughs> it doesn't guarantee anything else. And I've tried to keep an even keel because as we've learned, from our previous head coach. That's an important thing to do at the playoffs. Um, but that doesn't change that the, the losses were hard to stomach in their own ways. Uh, the Islanders have certainly had no rub of the luck, and you usually these things balance out when, when you're as unlucky as the Islanders have been in a game. Maybe the next game you get a couple bounces or whatever, but that doesn't seem to happen with this team. So you can't even like count on that. Right. Nor can you count on 
you know, the referees just <laughs> deciding that they're going to even up the score and give the Islanders half a dozen power plays to hurt the Hurricanes. <laughs> Not in North. Will it really even matter because of the, the power play? Um, but I will say I'm not as despondent as I thought I would be. If you had told me, uh, before the series started that we'd be down to nothing, um, to one goal losses and did your best to explain how we got here. I think I would say, oh, well, I'm I'm just going to be miserable and I'm not as despondent. And this was something I noticed after game one, too. I had a conversations with a bunch of different people and everyone kind of had the same thing which was same feeling which was not you know not that doom and gloom and uh more kind of just like at peace and knowing that Mm. and trusting that this is going to be a long series and if a long playoff run and i was talking to carrie haber about that and he said to me uh something that meant a lot which which was uh i'm proud to tell you you're playoff hearted now <laughs> which is true uh mm. we've been the islanders have been to the playoffs four out of the last five seasons we kind of know the ups and downs and i think that's why after game one i was in the same boat as a lot of people who were kind of like all right feel out game let's see how game two goes hopefully we get it and if not it's not the end of the world uh but the way that game two went Mm. the the hour after i think you are i mean you're you're open to feel however you want after any game but i i wouldn't blame anyone for feeling a million different ways (laughs) after that game uh the islanders weren't blameless but it wasn't their fault i don't think that the game shook out the way it did it wasn't it wasn't i guess is the best way to put it it was (laughs) you'll never see a game like you'll see a goal like the one that Sebastian Ajo scored on on his own team Mm. once every few years Mm. uh, in the NHL you'll see one that Sorokin let up off the head a couple times a season I think players now know how to do like they do that now I mean we saw Matt Uh, Martin score an almost identical goal uh, against the Kings or Ducks I want to say a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. banked off somebody's head yeah and to see them in the same game in a playoff game is obviously, you know, one in a million, but, uh, and then the way the game ended, of course, which we'll get into, but, uh, I'm actually happy we're recording this 24 hours after the game, because at, by this point, everybody kind of has dealt with, uh, you know, that was a penalty. Yes, we know the bullshit and the rabble rousing on Twitter and all that. And it's not, it, nothing's going to change, right? Like it mm-hmm. sucks that, that it's happened and you can't do anything about the fact the Islanders are an O2 hole. Um, but I'm happy we're recording this now because I do think that there are some signs here that ha- if the Islanders can find a way to get this game on Friday, the longer that, I mean, this is, sounds obvious to say, cause of course it's true. Like they can't lose Friday, mm-hmm. but like the, the longer that they can extend this series, the better chance they'll have because they are wearing down Carolina. You can tell from Brenda Moore and the the hurricanes like Martin Natchez yesterday you know, didn't want any part of I think it was, you know, Zach Parisi or Hudson Fashing bearing down on him. Like the the Islanders have put some water in the basement. <laughs> and uh now for for that stuff to matter, they have to get it back in the series. And 
that's how I guess I'm choosing to look at it is what's what's you know as Barry Trotz would say like you, you, like you just got to flush what has happened and just kind of control what you can and I guess the best way to look at all this is just look at Friday night mm-hmm. and if they can win a game on Friday night all of a sudden everything changes uh completely yeah yeah that's true um that's the only I, way I can think of thinking about this without driving myself nuts <laughs> yeah no that's fair and I'm I'm with you like I'm I'm glad we're doing this now because uh, I was not in a good place after Tuesday's game. Uh, excuse me, Wednesday's game. Um, and, and we'll get to the reasons why. But um, I just, you know, I, 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 you and I are texting always throughout games, and I'm always doom and gloom. I always, and I, I feel like it's almost like, but that's my my id. That's my like unchecked, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, um, personality where I just I constantly am always expecting the worst, but. After today and listening to a few podcasts, shout out Eyes on Isles and uh, Skates of the Stakes, uh, and looking at the underlying numbers from game two, uh, I started to get a little bit more, um, I guess, confident in in game three. Um, In game two, we'll talk about game one eventually, but we're going to talk about games one and two right now, and then we'll talk about game three uh, more in the second half. But looking at game two's underlying numbers, the Islanders really had the better of play. And they really, you can say, deserve to win. They they won the Corsi battle, which did not happen in game one. They had way more high data, almost double the high danger chances uh, that Carolina did in that game. Uh, they had the expected goals uh, for on their side. So, I mean, everything was working for them except the final score and the penalties, which, as we all know by now, were six to nothing in favor of the Hurricanes, um, including two double minors uh, that were both for high sticking uh, they got killed off, although one resulted in the own goal by Ajo, <laughs> which again is like a billion to one chance. And at first I was super mad. Like I saw that and was like, I can't believe this happened to me. Like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't even sure who to be mad at first. Obviously I was mad at like Stefan Nason. Cause I thought he somehow had flicked it in, but then I saw Ajo kind of batted in out of the air and I was mad at him. And that, but then I was mad at Sorokin for letting it go in and, and, I heard from a friend of ours and was like, how's he supposed to stop that? Like, I just, I didn't know who to be mad at, but then maybe I'm not supposed to be mad at anybody. Like, it's just such a no, fluke yeah. thing. I, I didn't know how to feel. And that's sort of like how it sums up the entire game. I know I'm, I'm disappointed in the, in the result, but who am I supposed to be mad at? Like, I just don't know. <laughs> so I'm mad at everybody, but now I'm kind of just mad at nobody. Like it's just been a, a yeah. real roller coaster, 24 hours, basically. And, and to have that goal that so that puts them ahead two nothing on the you know, one of the things that is blowing my mind about this series is that uh and we weren't the only ones to say this uh, I had this conversation with other people too that our concerns with Sam Bolduc uh the rookie defenseman clearly in over his head at this kind of juncture of a season and Lane Lambert back. knows it too because he played yes. like not even six minutes in game and there was too much and and what did we say before like if if your biggest problem is going to be your number six defenseman in this in a playoff series, it's not a terrible thing. Like if that's going to be the because it shouldn't matter. It should not come down to player eighteen on an eighteen right. skater team. And I think in game two it kind of did. So not only was he at kind of at fault to the first goal for the Hurricanes, like then he takes that double minor that winds up, yeah, in the back of the net through that Aho play. So there was this crazy cosmic gumbo. Where all of a sudden that the decision to play him again and skate him around and 
keep giving him shifts here and there ends up in the with Carolina getting two goals uh and that Aho goal like you said like it, it almost felt like uh you were in every the type of goal that would just put you in a padded room and you yeah. would just bounce off the padded room the padded walls for <laughs> hours and hours until you fell asleep because there it was nobody's fault it was the island it was just yeah the fact that, you know whose fault it was it was our fault for caring about this team like that's who you should be mad at after that goal because right I, I i just couldn't really wrap my head around it and and the fact that that goal gets overshadowed by what ends up winning the game for the hurricanes right is is crazy because i just i want to stop everyone and say i get like that we love to have these conversations on was it a you know penalty was it a dangerous dirty hit and whatever on twitter and people just will tire themselves out until the next person elbows someone in the nose um and i all i wanted to point out to anybody was do you understand the absolute torture we got put through just to get to that point right in this game and also the whole season. I was going to say, and the entire season leading yeah, up to like, that. Uh, I, the, we've seen these kind of things and these bounces all year long. Yeah. All year long. Hmm. And we've been left to deal with them on our own. Yeah. And now that the playoffs are on and it was an overtime game winning goal and whatever, people start debating about it. And of course, nobody's just going into the context of Oh, by the way, here's how they got to this point. A goal swatted in by their own defenseman from the <laughs> from basically the blue line. Right. A goal and off a goal their goalie shoulder and yeah. helmet and backhand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. that's how we got here. And you know, I was I think no matter what, if after that game, like you it, if if you're out there and you didn't feel bad for yourself or some self pity or self loathing. I mean, I would love to have whatever you're drinking because I don't think there's any Islander fan who didn't watch that game and just feel just so sick to their stomachs yeah. and question everything about sports and why that we do it. <laughs> um, and that's fair, but like at some point, you kind of just have to move on mm. and and hope the team is able to as well. And... You know that's that's what I've been trying to do, and I'm, I've, there's been parts of today where you're just miserable because you just think about it, and you're like, I can't believe that that happened. And then you've got to ground yourself and just be like, Well, it doesn't matter anymore. It's over. Like, there's nothing anyone can do about it. If they win on Friday, there's hope. And that inner struggle has just been exhausting. Yeah. the The times I felt worse about it was when people would retweet like hurricanes fans into my timeline to like dunk on them or point out how stupid they are. This is unhelpful to me personally. And probably also you <laughs> like the, ins the instant gratification you get from a Twitter dunk uh, isn't really worth it as far as I, I know. But uh, yeah, that no, but sick to your stomach is probably the best way to put it. Cause that's how it felt. And again, you just didn't know what to think. And like, you know, we could sit here and be like, Sorokin wasn't as sharp in game two as he was in game one. And I think that's fair to say, but I mean, obviously that doesn't discount everything that Sorokin did to get the Islanders here because God knows they wouldn't be here without him. Right. But the, you know, the Stasny tip uh, off the Slavin shot, first of all, Jacob Slavin, I, I hate this guy. Like I just absolutely hate this guy. He's right up there to me 
with like Sidney Crosby. And I know that's a crazy thing to say, but like this guy kills the Islanders. He had the hat trick against them that year. It's just like, you know, he's always in the middle of every scoring play. It seems I just, I hate this guy. And I don't know if any other people out there have the same reaction to Jacob Slavin, of all people, with the two C's in his name of all things uh, that I do. But, you know, the Stasny tip, hey, that's a good play. What are you going to do? It happens. Then the the Aho play, which we've talked about already, just a fluke, strange, stupid thing. Again, makes it 2 nothing. The Islanders come back. Palmieri with the wraparound. Not a great goal to give up by Auntie Ranta, but, hey, they're back in the game. And then Matt Barzell arrives. This is what we've been waiting for. And, like, you know, we they could have used some of this in the last 28 games uh, of the regular season. But uh, that was a beautiful goal. And I remember the feeling after that second period of being like, it's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be okay. I felt like, okay, these guys have finally, it took a game and a half for them to finally get there. Although, again, the, the underlying numbers told me otherwise that they had actually played well in the first period, but I didn't believe it with my eyes. But I was like, it took them a game and a half, but they finally have made it here. And sure enough, halfway through the third period, they're up 3-2 on a beautiful shot by Brock Nelson. And I'm like, finally, finally, the Islanders have checked into the playoffs. But then the Slavin goal happens, and then the overtime thing, um, Butchie was, was, steam was coming out of his ears, and he was, you know, looked like uh, Wiley Coyote after the Roadrunner got away from him because the uh, Hurricanes apparently had, you know, seven or eight men on the ice at the same time, no call. And then Scott Mayfield takes a high stick. He's looking around for a ref. Anders Lee is complete no man's land because Mayfield's not where he's supposed to be. And sure enough, uh, Jesper Faust scores the the overtime winner. Again, on a shot that, like, Sorokin generally tends to have. Far side, far, you know, he's on. The, he's almost near the, ball, the wall. The puck goes in the far side. I, I don't know where, you know, Sorokin came out to challenge, but it went right over his shoulder. It's a beautiful shot. But the whole thing just – and, of course, the, Her- the Hurricanes are celebrating. It's never good when, like, the TV guys – because they know because they're there. It's never good when, like, one team is celebrating and then the other team is all looking up at the scoreboard because then you know something is wrong, right? Something is – but they're never going to call it back. It's too late. Cat's out of the bag. Toothpaste is out of the tube. And so then they showed the replay finally, and you're like, yeah, he took a stick in the face, uh, which was uncalled. But, as you said, it's all context. The Hurricanes had six uh, power plays and the Islanders had none. And would the Islanders have scored on any power plays? Nah, probably not. But <laughs> to have six to none, to lose a game, maybe not because of a missed call, but you know, a missed call being a big factor in the game-winning goal, it's just, it's just a really sick feeling because you just don't know what to do. And now they're down two nothing, and like, you know, it, it's not an, it's not an, an insurmountable hole. Three nothing would basically be, but. Two nothing is just like they're the only team that's down two nothing. <laughs> although there are a bunch of teams playing right now, but like you know, even the Panthers won that night. The the Stars, <laughs> the Oilers, like just everything about it just made you just feel sick, and, and yeah. you just didn't have any place to turn. It's just yeah. really like that's the problem. Why am I doing this to myself? Yeah, it's helpless. Yeah, and this is where you want to be. You want to yeah. be in the playoffs. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I yeah. texted you when overtime started. I'm like, this is not good. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a shambles right now. Like, this is bad. <laughs> like, I think the scene on the ice that you pointed out was you could have put every Islander fan on the ice yeah. and it would have looked the same. Yeah. If all of us were just there, we'd all just be looking up and yelling at the refs and the Hurricanes would be selling around, celebrating around us and Butch would be there. Uh, 
I actually f- feared that he was going to storm into the ref's room or something. <laughs> he was hot. Man. He was hot, but he was hot. I- I've said this a few times. He's been in great form, I think, down like the stretch, and because he's just completely gone full fan mode, where he's like rooting. Right. He's like interrupting Brendan. Yeah, and you could tell Brendan gets like a little irked. Brendan, yeah. you know, he'll be calling the game, and Butch will go, "Look out! <laughs> Break away! <laughs> ba- like open the passive." the puck and brendan's like trying to tell some story that ends up jinxing the islanders this is real quick aside about brendan and game one the thing that pissed me off so much was he was just absolutely tanking the hurricanes power play before yes their first power play that they scored five seconds in right i i think you and i on our patreon episode we're talking about superstitions and and i said i'm not superstitious but i do not like tempting fate because right. the Islanders are a team you can't tempt fate with at all. Yeah. You just can't. There's too much weird shit. We have defensemen <laughs> swatting pucks into our own net from the blue line in playoff games. Nothing is and out of was, their, their realm of possibility. Yet. Exactly. And that was tempting fate. Yeah. Um, so I was a little ticked at him. Mm. And I don't care that Butchie's interrupting him because it's fun. Mm. But um, yeah, so there was that that whole minute sequence with the too many men the high stick that's not called Mayfield skating over. And I know people are blaming him and mm. uh, for, for not like taking himself out of the play and okay, whatever. Um, and Lee was out, but I think the whole, th- everything was just such, so chaotic that I don't think any Islander was paying attention. Right. Cause I think some of them thought, is there a whistle coming? Or did I miss a whistle? Yeah. We got a well, guy who's like holding his face. And in fairness, one of those double minors had, had come about in a really strange way, too, because they exactly. let the play go on for a good 10 seconds before they stopped play and then kind of got together, had a little bit of a, a confab and decided, oh, wait, no, this is a double minor for high sticking. Yeah. So, like, that was, you know, kind of, I think, a pretty normal reaction to something like this. Yes. And, and the Islanders had possession of the puck and yeah. gave it up. Like, th- they called that play back so late. I was... Right. Uh, that's why I was so I was ticked because it, yeah, it was the right call. That, that's that's the other thing here is like the, a lot of the, I think the Islanders so they took the two double minors, uh, and then a trip on Pollock maybe was it something else? But yeah, I think yeah, Pollock definitely late, took a penalty in late game, in the yeah. game. It was a, I couldn't remember what the exact call was, but um, and all of them were probably legitimate calls, like the, the two yeah. high sticks for sure. You know, Samuel Bolduc gets. <laughs> Five minutes of ice time, four minute penalty. It's just outrageous. <laughs> and I tweeted like, <laughs> I know you can't really tell sarcasm on Twitter, but like towards the end of the third, I was like, let's get Bolduca shift out there. And people were like, no. <laughs> but uh, the uh, yeah, like the, the, the scenes at the, at the end of the game were just mm. so familiar to me because, it, and this, I also said like it's starting to remind me of the 2002 Leafs series mm. a little bit, where. You all of a sudden a circus just breaks out, <laughs> and you don't know when the whistles are. Like, if is did the did a whistle just happen? No, the rules are completely blurred. One team seems to be getting all the calls, the other team isn't. Uh, is pissed. Like mm-hmm. guys are ske- screaming at the refs, ske- screaming wow. at each other. Coaches are yelling. <laughs> the the media's brought in. Mike Milbury's bringing in the media members for a film sh- session to show all the penalties. <laughs> Quote, quote the point saying they're still treating us like losers like mm. and and i said i tweeted out like this is starting to feel like 2002 and i had a bunch of people like bro we lost that series <laughs> no I, I did we yeah no i know i was crying as a 12 year old <laughs> after the game seven um but it feels like it because the islanders are get, got shafted and you feel like they're coming they're gonna come home 
And one of the reasons I do feel um, okay, more okay than I should, uh, that they're going to walk into the UBS arena and, and the way that they lost that game is just, just ticked everybody off. Like if the Islanders lost that game 5-1, right. it would be a def- different atmosphere. But tomorrow it's just going to be an absolute, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a bear pit. And there's just going to be people baying for blood, and everyone's fangs will be out, and the whoever the refs are, mm. um, and, and if some Maple Leafs fans can tell us, you know, what their connection is to to anybody, you know, do some <laughs> light light stalking for us. We'll take right. we'll take whatever dossiers you guys have on every ref. Um, <laughs> that's it's the type of loss that makes you so upset, and you, like you said, you're helpless. You can't really outlet it anywhere. That should they win tomorrow, you're going to be able to feel the catharsis in mm-hmm. in an arena, which should hopefully be just an absolute uh, a circus, a, a, yeah. a sane asylum. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I would hate to be uh, Rod Brindamore uh, because the people behind him on the bench are not going to be too kind i don't think unless uh, a bunch of hurricanes fans kind of slide in pay the extra money and, and sit back there but um yeah it's just um i don't know it's it, it's funny because you know game one which was a 2-1 carolina win uh had a lot of people kind of feeling um again confident that they would win game two because it the islanders actually played okay they had more high danger chances for but the the course and expected goals were all for carolina um but to me, I, I just don't know. That one did not instill a lot of confidence in me. Uh, Ryan Pollock scored. Ryan Pollock had a game of his life. He was the best Islander by far on the ice uh, with Sorokin, a, a very close second. But um, he scored a goal off his knee. But again, two, you know, all the scoring was done with, by uh, the early second period. And that was it. I did not feel that confident after that game. And it's occurring to me now, looking at, at these two games and the way people have reacted to particularly game two, that like the the hurricanes are kind of like a Rorschach test, right? Like, what do you see in this team? Like, what what? Because they're always I don't know for some reason there's they're a, a weird kind of team that's good, but they do things in a strange way, or at least I think it's kind of they're I should say they're the Islanders and Hurricanes are like kind of diametrically opposed in a lot of ways. So like the Hurricanes to me are a team that constantly forces turnovers, constantly takes a lot of shots. Uh, and their goalie makes just enough saves to kind of get by. Their their defense is very active, which again uh, accounts for the shots. And so, getting back to what you were saying before, like one team seems to be getting all the breaks, and I feel like that's because the Hurricanes are constantly keeping the puck in play. They're always taking shots, and they're always doing things that kind of lead to bounces landing their way. The Islanders, by contrast, are not a team that does that. <laughs> they 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 don't take that many shots. They definitely don't pepper people the way the uh the hurricanes do they're supposed to be the sort of forechecking you know grinding team and they are that to an extent but they just don't generate enough offense for me and i just i find like it drives me nuts when they give the puck back to like jg pajo had his had a sequence where he literally passed the puck to a hurricane who was standing unchecked about six feet from in front of sorokin yeah. like what are you doing um somebody passed to barzell right by the hurricane's blue line and barzell is looking at it by his feet and then all of a sudden it's going back the other way, back into the Islander zone where it just came from like two seconds earlier. Another thing I noticed is that when a hurricane goes behind the net to get the puck, 
another hurricane is usually in front getting open and getting ready to take that one-timer. When an Islander goes behind the net to get a puck, another Islander joins him, and then another one. And then there's three guys behind the net, and before you know it, the puck squirts out, and it's a two-on-one or a three-on-two the other way. And I'm just like, why am I looking at this this series and these two games as like, oh, and the Islanders look much slower. They look very disorganized. I find, again, the Hurricanes are pretty good structurally on, on defense. And I'm just like, why do I watch these games thinking the Islanders don't have a chance in hell of beating this team? And then I go online and people I trust, very smart people are like, wow, that was really close. I really think they're going to get them next time. This team can be beaten. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's just, it's funny to me that like, I feel like I'm watching different games and sometimes from people and I just don't know why. And I just, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm missing something and I'm just kind of, Again, on the verge no, of a nervous I think, breakdown. <laughs> I think a row shark, your shark test is like the right way to look at it because the they're inherently frustrating to play against because they don't stop moving and right uh, constantly forcing turnovers. Constantly, it's yeah, and and, and if it, it feels like they have you know six or seven guys on the ice at yeah. times, and it's it's truly bizarre. Um, and I mean, I think you know, the Islanders have been terrible against them for so long. And I think that <laughs> that's adding to some, and I, I'm not blaming anyone for giving up on the series, by the way, too. Like there are plenty of people who were like, they're done and I wouldn't blame them um, at all, but I wouldn't blame them for thinking that way. Cause it's the Islanders haven't won a game yet. They're 0-2 <laughs> and, yeah. and they're two and 14 or something like that against the hurricanes mm. uh, and their last 16. And, and I think that includes a playoff sweep, which looks pretty familiar to this one islanders losing some close games and getting no bounces um at all and so we've seen this movie before and and i think every you know you can be a prisoner of the moment Mm. and 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 watch this these two games and think the islanders have they've created very little consistently throughout a game but they've they really took that game over in game two yes they did like like the the palmieri goal which was a bad goal from ranta uh, just swayed the, the game enough where the Islanders started to get their legs. Then the Barzell goal, which is still, you know, one that your goalie should stop. And then Nelson and uh, what what that really? I mean, there's no moral victories in the playoffs. I feel sick about them losing, but uh, that stretch kind of and the Islanders being able to wrestle control of that game away tells me that if they can just keep tre- if they can tread water and get the win on Friday and get get to Sunday two one. Mm. Like as if they can just extend the series as as you know beyond Sunday, I think they have a chance because of some of the stuff that we're talking about. Like the Islanders are neck and neck with this team despite mm. despite <laughs> being getting four power plays in the two games compared to ten. No power play goals in that and having the one game winner come on a penalty that was a terrible call. Like the, the, the call against Pollock that led to the game winner for the Hurricanes game one is going completely, mm. you know, swept under the rug because there was an even more egregious one on, uh, on Wednesday night. And so they have one game winner like that. The other game winner comes off the Mayfield play. Mm. Ajo swatting it in. Bolduc playing. Like there's all this stuff that's, that's happened going against them. And they've lost two games by one goal. Yeah. Each. Which tells me that if if they can just find a way to get some separation in Friday, get a lead, get it to multiple goals, and get over the line, like there are so many signs that tell me 
and it is and, and this is what's so frustrating it's like if the islanders get swept it's going to feel a lot like the 2007 series against the sabers when you're just like mm. man that series was so much closer than people realized <laughs> and yeah, and 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 this time, if we get swept, and you'd be like, "Well, if the Islanders could have just got it to Game Five, we would have been okay." <laughs> like nobody will want to hear that. Um, but I I do believe it because there's some you know good just good signs generally. I think Pollock is playing maybe his mm-hmm. best hockey since uh, the the playoff run in yeah. 2021, maybe even you know better than that level. Uh, the Barzell. combination of yeah, Barzell's been great, but the combination of uh, Pellick and Dobson. Apparently right, it was pretty good last night. Yeah, I thought. Uh, if you're not following him on Twitter, you should. I thought. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like Dobson looks to have found his game, his like level, and uh, yeah, there's just like there's enough here that that tells you if like the more the more games that get played, like, uh, and this is once again very obvious to say, but the better chance the Islanders have here, like they they can turn the tide in this series with just one win on Friday night. Um, or they can, you know, <laughs> lose. So it's, yeah. but, but that's how it feels. I feel like they, they have, if if you like ranked out the, the players on, on the ice of so far, the series, the Islanders would, would have the vast majority of, of the players in like the top half <laughs> and then Sam Baldick. But <laughs> um, it's just, it's, and, and then the Tara Vinet thing, like he, he hasn't yeah. been great for the hurricanes this year, but, they're already missing so many, so much firepower up front that, you know, that injury will will add up later in the series if they can just get it beyond yeah. Sunday. Same with the the fact that they're just getting pummeled anytime they touch the puck. The Hurricanes are so, hmm. yeah. yeah. The yeah, um, season of of a million must win games, uh, maybe the must <laughs> mustiest winniest of them all. Right. Well, I, w- I was going to say like you could even extrapolate when we were talking about having no luck and having all these things go you know, against them, you could extrapolate that to last year too, where it went against them on a almost galactic scale. <laughs> like they had, you know, three COVID breaks and then all the other stuff. So, I mean, it would, um, it's, it's just been a long, long slog for two seasons now. And yeah, they could use some, some good news and hopefully those first playoff games at UBS arena will bring them. The place will definitely be crazy. We know that. So uh, we're going to talk about that game uh, in the second half. We're going to take a break. Uh, talk about that i would go around the league a little bit too although there's some games going on right now unfortunately the leafs are winning hopefully that'll change by the time we get there uh but uh yeah so come back with this on the other side if you would want to hear this podcast without the obtrusive commercial corporate interruptions that you're about to hear head over to patreon.com slash islanders anxiety to sign up for one of our subscription tiers plans start as low as two bucks a month and you can get ad-free versions of this show plus all kinds of bonus stuff including mike's long-suffering newsletter uh, my Islanders Book Club, new episode, no, <laughs> new episode, new article coming out next week, our Country Club Atmosphere non-hockey podcast, that is definitely coming out next week, uh, plus all kinds of other stuff. So it's patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety, go over there, sign up, and you won't have to hear these ads, but if you're going to hear them, we'll be back on the other side. Thanks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now a word from our favorite sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you spend $50 or more, use the code 4CUPS, F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass or an Islander's Anxiety puck. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. So if you're going Friday and Sunday, grab a Pinot Project wine. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. So let's look ahead to Game 3 at UBS Arena. I'm assuming it's a 7.30 start, right? Let me just check the Islanders' site uh, to make sure. no, 7 o'clock start. They're my bad. 7 o'clock. Don't show up at 7.30. Show up at 7 o'clock. <laughs> um, and um, this is obviously huge. Like, the Islanders need to win this game. They know they need to win the game. They need to come out, you know, strong. Uh, the Hurricanes have, have apparently not been a pretty good road team this year. Again, that, that, that's all relative. Like, oh, Auntie Ronta sucks. Well, not really. He's pretty good, you know. But uh, they did, they aren't as strong on the road as they are at home. And uh, the Islanders are, are a pretty strong home team, obviously. The Hurricanes will be without Tavo Teravainen, as Mike mentioned before. He has a broken hand. Some some people blame JG Pajot. And, of course, like, you know, on Twitter, people are like, oh, he's such a dirty player. This man has 14 penalty minutes in 70 games this season. He's a real dirty player, JG <laughs> Pajot. It's like, like Thomas Hickey when the the uh, the Caps are trying to paint Hickey as like a dirty player, a headhunter, because he, uh, he hit Tom Wilson that one time. Yeah, Th- Thomas Hickey has less probably less penalty minutes in his career than uh, Wilson has in his one season. But in any event, um, so that's a big one for them. I'm assuming Jesse Pugliarvi will come into the lineup to, uh, to replace Teravainen, which, you know, could mean something. <laughs> yeah. He only scored his one goal of the season after his trade <laughs> came against the <laughs> Islanders. So. Against. Right. Um, <laughs> so that might mean something, but um, you know, it, it's going to be a madhouse. People are going to be pissed off. Rod Brindamore was saying stuff after the game that he was mad that, you know, Teravainen got, his injury and and it wasn't penalized and it's like bro you had six power plays you know shut up basically um but 
the Islanders need to generate offense, which is the something they haven't really done all that much of. And the funny thing about the power play is that they were practicing new setups prior to game two and then never got a chance to use them because that's uh, ah, there's the rub of uh, the power play. So, um, so you're going to, you're not going to be at Friday. You're going to be at Sunday's game, but let's talk about Friday's. No, game I'll be both. I'll be both. Oh, you're going to be both. Okay. Yep. So like, what are you, I guess, I don't know about expecting, but like, how are you like going into this? What, what do you think you're going to be seeing from these guys in, in both of these games? Or let's, let's look at game three right now, I guess. Uh, what, what do you think you're going to see when you, when you get there? I'm, I'm really hoping that it it looks a lot like the game fives in Pittsburgh and Boston. Perhaps maybe not the way that the games were played, like the carry the Penguins obviously controlled the run of play in that, right. but Sorokin was the difference. And then that game five game was uh, the infamous New York Saints game <laughs> um, where, but it was a, you know, those game fives when it's two, two, hmm. everyone says they must win. And generally they're right. Uh, except if you're the Rangers, you can lose game five all you want, go down three, two and you know catch some breaks in game six, like Sidney Crosby getting a concussion or something. But um, th- yeah, those game fives uh, were the, the Islanders just showed a very s- strong sense of calm in the moment and were able to just kind of outwill their opponents and outlast them and hang around uh, and do all the things that, you know, tick all the boxes that a great Barry Trotz team would do. Um, and I mentioned that Pittsburgh won for sure because I, I, I think Sorokin's been fine. Like, I, mm-hmm. I re- anyone who's upset with him, I, I think just, you know, you can, you can be mad if you want, but just think about who he is and, and why the Islanders are even in the spot <laughs> uh, in the playoffs. And, he i i just feel that he's he's going to be lights out that's my hope is he's mm-hmm. going to be lights out friday night kind of put the fear of god a little bit in the hurricanes who struggle to score and that's another reason that this series you know the longer it goes the the more I like the islanders chances is the goaltending gap should show up it's starting to a little bit like ranta was mm. not very good um yeah on in game 2 and brendan moore is not going to switch him out because uh, they won so you know if that can show up again on friday night the islanders get a couple early goals and the crowd can get into it um but i'm interested to see like the logistics of a ubs arena playoff game mm. because nassau coliseum you basically could have put a big tent over like the entire complex <laughs> um and turned it into like a, a music festival tent or a carnival or something uh, with the tailgating and the atmosphere in, in the parking lot was just always so much fun. And uh, now who knows like what it'll be like. And I haven't heard much besides like the Islanders, I think are going to, you know, there's that bar right. and whatever, but I do hope that we do see some, you know, Islander style uh, pregame festivities mm. as well. Uh, but, you know, I just, that's what I hope. And I just hope that they not, and I, and I trust that the Islanders are a mature enough team. Like, Let's say if this was the New Jersey Devils, for example, that that kind of game just played out for the this young Devils team, mm. you could totally see them coming out in Game Three and just you know flying into everyone and being pissed at the refs and that the emotions getting to too much of them. But I do trust that this team 
in the spot should be able to maintain like an, a, a level headedness that's going to be needed. Yeah. Uh, and then they just need to, some step up performances from, from a couple of players. Like, you know, we, we're going to need Bo Horvat to start producing for the Islanders to be able to uh, get back in the series. They're going to need Anders Lee to be a little bit better. They're going to need, I think, Casey Zizekas to be a little bit better. Uh, it's that's the kind of things that you're looking for. And if those those signs show up, then and the Islanders can win, then I think it's you know all bets are off. Yeah, uh, going to uh, Game Four. Yeah, Horvat, Horvat, and Lee in particular uh, are going to need to to get something going. You know, this is a tough matchup for Lee. We we love Lee, obviously, but like, man, he's just so slow. And this this game that the Hurricanes play, where they're constantly forcing turnovers, they don't give you time to think or breathe or react. It's just not good for him. <laughs> like it's just he can't do what he does best, which is stand in front of the net. But even then, he barely does that, that all that much anymore. And then Horvat just hasn't really found a ton of chemistry. You'd think him and Barzell could be weaving and and ducking and diving in between, and it just hasn't materialized yet. Maybe that's a little bit unrealistic, but both of those guys need to kind of get things going because when the guy who's been out for twenty eight games shows up and and has played really well, <laughs> and you you're kind of along for the ride, it's not a good sign. You know, he, Barzell's been really good. He had, say, had that goal. He was, I thought he was pretty good in game one, too, although, you know, he didn't score. But, I mean, for a guy who'd been out for over a month, that he looked pretty good. Yeah, Sezikis is a weird one. I think Matt Martin's been okay. But Sezikis and Clutterbuck have been kind of relatively quiet, although they've been doing a lot of hitting, uh, which is great. But Sezikis, and, and in fairness to Sezikis, he's also been killing a lot of penalties. So I guess he might be a little bit gassed from all that. Um, and, uh, the, in the first game, the Nelson Palmieri young ball line was very quiet, but boy, they came to play in, in game yeah. two in a big way. So, uh, and then, you know, same with, with Pajot, they, they, um, you know, Parisi has been a little quiet again. I don't want to put too much emphasis on him, but him and fashing have been a little bit quiet, although I think, uh, Pajot's played okay. Um, so they can, they, overall, they can, they can get a lot more from these guys and the defensemen are doing a lot of defending basically. So uh, I don't know how much offense they're going to get. Again, two diametrically opposed teams. The Islanders don't get a ton of offense from their defensemen. The Hurricanes do. Uh, with even guys like you know, Brady Shea, who's just kind of had an, a breakout year, in, you know, t- 20th year in the league. All of a sudden, he's scored a career high in goals. So um, I don't know. There's There are guys that can do more, um, and hopefully being at home can make that happen. It's funny. I was reading a book today, finishing reading a book, and if you want to find out what book, you'll have to Subscribe to our Patreon and read my next issue of uh, Dan's Islanders uh, News, um, Dan's Islanders Book Club. But uh, I am reminded that in Game Five of last year, uh, or the the two years ago against Tampa, the Islanders lost eight nothing, and then came yep. back and won Game Six in overtime. Famous, yeah, and they were down two nothing in that game too. Right, so things can happen. Like they, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, this series is over because mainly because I'll look like a huge dope if it's not, but like I I can get into that mode very easily. These guys play a style that does drive me crazy. I'm not going to lie, but the reality is that it's hockey and and things can happen. And you know, the, the Leafs got blown out in game one and now they're blowing out the lightning. So uh, these things happen. It's just, I don't know if I want to sort of put my faith in these things happen. I would like, something a little bit more concrete than these things can happen. I would like to be able to point to something and be like, this guy is, is killing it right now. He, he the Islanders, you know, if he has this or the you know, hurricanes do that, they can, you know, they can get back into this series. Cause you're right. If they win Friday, it's a totally different series. And then if you win Saturday or Sunday, even more so, obviously. So 
I don't know. I, I would like to go on more than just faith and, and have some sort of concrete thing, but this, this team has been flying by the seat of its pants now for quite some time. And they're just going to continue to do that <laughs> whether we like yeah. it or not. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, yeah we Stop have turning the puck over. It's probably a good, idea, good start. Yeah. <laughs> and we have, uh, we have no, you have no, really have no choice but to just, yeah, you know, strap in because, yeah, you can, you can think that the Islanders have no chance of coming back, which is fine, um, and probability wise, they are uh, a long shot to do so, but, uh, that's not going to change the fact that you know, you're gonna seven o'clock comes, you're gonna be watching and rooting for them, uh, mm. to to do it, and. You you can you can think that they're out of it and whatever, but you're gonna root them on. Um, so you know, I guess like why not just comfort yourself with the fact that you know the the Islanders lost two games on the road. That happens all the time <laughs> in the playoffs, right? And now they just got to return the favor. Uh, you know, get get the game on Friday to start, and they do that, and you're gonna spend the rest of you know you're gonna spend your whole Saturday believing. Mm. which will be nice. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, there is nothing concrete to hold on to because we just don't know, mm. which is torture, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, and, and nothing anyone's going to say to you is, is, uh, is going to be able to make you, uh, you know, waver, I guess, feel more confident. But mm. the the best thing you can do is just, do your best to just focus on the fact that if they, you know, you just win the next one. This is all about the next one. Just get the next goal, get win the next game, and look out. Like then, you put some fear of God into this this team that doesn't need to be reminded that they've they've choked away a couple series, uh, in the past few playoffs, and including last year, uh, at up two nothing, up three two, and then at home for game seven. So, yeah, I mean. There's, there is a chance. It's just, you, they just, it's a, it's a, it's a slight one, and, and <laughs> you just gotta hope it it comes through, and yeah, uh, that's really it. Yeah, pretty much. And it's again, as as our theme has been, this is kind of the this is the way it's been for 82 games. They, yeah. There's a chance. You just gotta hope that they can make it work, and they did enough to get here, right? So, I would think that they would do enough to continue. So there you go. Uh, let's look a lot around the league real quick. Again, there's games in progress right now, but uh, a couple of really interesting things uh, and cool things so far from the uh, first uh, couple of days. The Bruins and Panthers are tied. The Bruins won uh, in game one, the Panthers in game two. And the uh, you know Panthers have actually kind of outplayed the Bruins in, in a lot of cases in that, uh, that series, which is sort of interesting. Uh, the Devils and Rangers are currently tied in their game. The Rangers were up uh, one nothing. The Devils look absolutely shell shocked in their first playoff experience in quite some time, which was definitely not surprising. And then, of course, like I said before, the Lightning absolutely hammered the Leafs in Game One. The Leafs are absolutely hammering the uh, Lightning in Game Two right now. You know, I, I'm I'm as guilty of anybody as falling into the trap of being like, this is just how Tampa wants it. This is exactly part of the plan. They're all, you know, they knew that they came out and won game one. Who cares about game two? Because then three and four are back down in Tampa. So uh, this all seems part of the plan. It would be nice uh, for some of these teams to uh, make quick work of these. But uh, was there anything in this uh, Eastern Commons bracket that kind of stuck out to you uh, in these first couple of days? Yeah, uh, I 
had a great time with the uh, the fallout from the Leafs game. The yes. One, which was <laughs> absolutely bizarre and psychotic <laughs> and in the best ways possible. And you, you just, I couldn't believe some of the stuff that you're, you're hearing from, from professionals. Mm, <laughs> like, I know your job is to, to not be mentioning this kind of things, especially up there. Nobody's professional this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Bizarre stuff. And I uh, was, it was fun. Uh, I, I was a little, uh, you know, trying to tell people oh, it's one game. It's just one game. And the, the lightning just lost, you know, three players. And, and this was the thing that pissed me off so much. Uh, part of the things that pissed me off so much about the way the Islander game ended was the the Maple Leafs lost seven three in a game where they were just absolutely dummied for the first <laughs> you know period, uh, and then Michael Bunting takes a penalty and and th- th- these fans had the audacity to, to talk about the officiating yeah. being the reason that they lost. Uh, they lost by four, and they got outplayed. Their goalie was terrible, and then the next night the Islanders play, and, and you got people being like, "Well, if you see this, like Scott Mayfield's stick, he lifted Martin's stick <laughs> before the play, before he whacked him in the face." So I don't, I don't know why Islander fans are in such a, uh, yeah. such a frenzy. They're foaming at the mouth when, you know, they could just take your L. Like obviously, it's not a penalty if Scott Mayfield's stick touched, uh, what whatever his name is, stick. Like you know, it's not a penalty. Like, you know, uh, Mayfield might as well have just taken the stick and bludgeoned himself with it, his own <laughs> stick. Okay. And, yeah. And, and that stuff's going on. Well, the night before, we had people right. talking about Wes McCauley and cons- <laughs> c- conspiracy theories. And <laughs> that stuff is totally normal. That's right. okay. But Islander yeah. fans, like, you know. Do you know that the Leafs have lost the last seven playoff games that have been refereed by Wes McCauley? <laughs> that, that right there. That's all you need to know. Hey. That's all you need to know. That's some league we got here. Right. Nice. Nice, Gary. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scott Mayfield might as well just smash his own face against the wall instead of uh, you know, playing defense on yeah. overtime. But yeah, that uh that's some good stuff up there. And uh I mean we're probably not gonna get it now, but uh well actually we'll get the other side of that, which is that uh, you know, can, can the Leafs win this series in five? Can can they can they win it in four, even though they lost game one? Like uh they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, will will the lightning just wilt and go away uh, rather than face the Leafs a bunch more times? You never know. But uh, yeah, so Michael Bunting, oh yeah, he got he got suspended three games for elbowing Eric Chernak in the face, basically. And uh, I don't know. Apparently now he's uh, James Myrtle had a great story in the Athletic, and of course I mean that ironically, that um, basically just disowned Michael Bunting. This was like a go away letter yeah. to him. <laughs> it's. it's- yeah. Yeah, outrageous that this guy went from being oh the the guy yeah. from Scarborough, the yeah. Leafs fan, to how oh, we gotta get this guy out of here. He's could, an actual he's an actual this, criminal. Could this twenty eight year old win the Calder and the MVP and the Celtic <laughs> all in the same season? Is it possible? Could he be given <sighs> a, like a per game Art Ross trophy? Anyway, yeah. So yeah, uh, so. yeah. <laughs> but and then you know it's it's just frustrating because the Islanders are you know fighting for their lives over here and mm. getting. No rub of the luck, and we're not getting any favors from from our allies over over in Jersey either, right? Yeah. Um, and it's you know that it, it's just tough. It's it, you're trying so hard to focus on on the Islanders and and, and their series, but of course, like the way that 
the schedule sets up, mm-hmm. then our night off is not a night off at all because we're just getting tortured by the our two rivals. So yeah. that's uh, you know, it's not not good. And um, hopefully, you know, Twitter just just completely disintegrates by the time this series these playoffs are over but um it's yeah it's 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 just a tough it's it's a tough fucking couple weeks that we're going to be looking at and hopefully it goes a couple weeks um but i I just think there's a difference between you know there's a difference in between thinking that they're going to come back and just believing that they can and uh, as a fan like that's what you do like you're gonna believe you have to, uh, if you're not if you don't believe it can get better then uh which and tr- trust me like we're all at the ledge of mm. why do we do this to ourselves with this team uh and boy if you could get through that game last night then you could probably get through anything yeah uh and and hope that there's you know th- some better days ahead but you know you just gotta be there and believe in it yeah uh, and, and hope that something you have no control over just breaks your way and <laughs> uh yeah that's it it's i'm not and i'm terrified because i i don't know if you're the same you feel the same way but basically as soon as i wake up I, I i feel like i know whether or not the islanders have a chance to win or not in a game like i just you have everyone the old cliche is i've got a bad feeling or i've got a good feeling we're gonna win tonight um, I feel like the moment I wake up, like I can feel it in my bones mm. if we're going to win or lose. And I, I mean, I, I don't think it ever comes. It, it's not like I'm a hundred percent right all the time. I, I actually had a really good <laughs> feeling before game one. Yeah. Uh, and then a really bad feeling before game two. And I went one for two mm. or zero for two, I guess. Um, no one for two, but, uh, so I just know tomorrow I'm going to wake up and either be fully convinced that they're going to be okay or be fully convinced that they're going to lose and I'm going to be miserable uh, heading into the summer here. Yeah, I mean, whenever I, I feel like whenever I'm confident they're going to win, they lose. And, and whenever I feel like <laughs> this season, lose, especially, yeah, this season, Yeah. Which again, leads me to be just kind of a crazy person. Like I just wish that, you know, they would be a normal to, well, not normal because the Islanders are never normal, but like would play a more kind of predictable style. And this was why I love Barry Trotz and always will. He was all about predictability, you know? And so, you knew what you were going to get from the Trotsy and teams. You were going to get a 3-1 win, <laughs> you know? And, like, if the Islanders were up 2-1 in the third period, the other team wasn't going to get a sniff of their the offensive zone. They were going to get chewed up in the neutral zone before they even got there and just be afraid of going into the Islanders' zone. This team is not like that. And so uh, this team is very hard to predict. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I am going to wake up with, with a good feeling on Friday, I know, because uh, they are playing at home, but that can change very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, out west, uh, we got a bunch of cool, you know, um, uh, tied series again. Oilers and Kings. The Oilers uh, lost in game one in overtime. Uh, excuse me, double overtime, which was, no. Was that overtime? No, that was overtime. Stars, uh, Minnesota Wild beat the Dallas Stars in double overtime uh, on game one. And then uh, the Winnipeg Jets are ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're playing tonight. And then the Seattle Kraken won their first ever playoff game against the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche. As I said on the round table that I had, I was on with a bunch of other uh, fans first podcasters that was in your feed on Monday. It was a lot of fun. Check it out. If you haven't, it's a little long and obviously it's a couple of days old now, but it was a lot of fun. Um, 
a, a second-year expansion team upsetting the defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round is a very NHL thing to have happened. We didn't think it was going to happen, but Seattle apparently hurt us and uh, trying to make it happen. So good on them. But uh, some of these games were cool. I, I watched a little bit of the uh, the Oilers-Kings game last night, which the Oilers won, and uh, immediately wanted to bludgeon my ears with an ice pick because guess who's <laughs> on the call? Bucci and uh, Kevin Weeks and apparently Ryan Callahan. And oh it's it's the worst broadcast booth imaginable. It's so awful. That's how you introduce you know these odd this new audience to to the best player in the, in the league. It's incredible that these guys never say anything interesting, and yet they never shut up. <laughs> like they yeah. just never stop talking. It's awful, and I'm just like. And then meanwhile, the uh, the Stars Wild game had Bob Wischusen, I guess Brian Boucher, and it was better. I mean, Wischusen's fine, but like. Still, I just I'm just like dumbfounded. How is this possible? How we've talked about this? Like, how are these guys doing this? I just I don't know. We're just lucky, I guess. I really I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased because I hear I hear them every game. But man, Brendan and Butch and obviously Shannon and and Thomas Hickey and Allen, like they do such a great job. I just tune in somebody else, and I'm just like God. the one thing I've learned from this season, particularly from 32 Thoughts, is that every other play by play guy in the league is awful just <laughs> awful oh my god they play these clips and you're just like how do people and the colorado guys it's just like man how do people watch this i don't understand the radio guys seem to be a little bit worse than the tv guys but every time they play a clip from another team i'm just like how how do people deal with this i don't know i guess i just i don't know again maybe i'm just biased but it's awful but anyway it's i tried so to watch bad. it and then yeah. i had to go to sleep after second period because i couldn't take it anymore. yeah it's what what I don't understand is that uh, we're now in year two of this, and yeah. we're obviously not the only people yeah. that notice how terrible it is, and that means that it's gotten through to the powers that be, and there's no, there's there's not even like a a pip of it from the media, right? Like if if an NFL game, Sunday Night Football, right, had a broadcast like this, yeah, the banks would shut down. <laughs> right stocks would plummet yeah right yeah yeah and, and we're dealing with it but um yeah but our broadcast is just has yeah. is, is a delight and i i really do think butch has been just so fun hmm. i know that he's we we know who he is like yeah. you don't have to remind us that he's not the sharpest tool to shed but boy is he fun to listen to and yeah i'll still i still just keep cracking up thinking about his his little twitter tirade at paul bissonette that's right that's right yeah so butchy yeah (laughs) hey biz (laughs) he went in on bissonette and then in a separate tweet went in on suban and callahan yeah there you know before game one so you know the, the funny thing is like you know butch can do that because he's butch goring like all he's got to do is show the four rings, which is four more rings than those three guys have combined, you know? So who cares? But like, we can never get away with that. So it's, it's butchy, but you know, it's not a great look. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <gasps> Butch. I, you know, what's so funny about that too, is like when Bissonette clapped back, like it, right. it, it just showed you how thin skinned and unoriginal these guys are. Like Butch just served you on, 
toast and ate you. <laughs> I thought, like, out of nowhere, you caught a stray from a, however old Butch is now, 70-ish? Mm, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and, and you can't just, like, laugh about it and be like, all right, I got, he got, I got, got, no, I got to dunk back on him and make fun of him for being old. Mm. Yeah, man, that's why, like, you, you think a lot of people like you, but yeah, you, you don't. It's, um, it's- but you you bring up such a good point, like when because I remember when the NFL when Monday Night Football like the booth was I think it was Joe Tessitore, Booger McFarlane and and Brian Greasy or some some combination of these guys and it was like every week there was like a, a think piece about how could NF how could Monday Night Football be this way why is it so awful why are these games so terrible and it's like I, we'll never get that we'll never get an article about why are NHL broadcasts so awful. Like you've yep. either got terrible play-by-play on ESPN, plus the terrible studio show with Messier and Chelios just being like the team that gets the most hits is going to win. Guys, what year is this? Please, we're begging for some sort of analysis. My friend Sam Fells wrote a nice thing about this too. I'll, I'll link to it. But like, it's just we never get any actual analysis from these guys. It's always about hits and and grit. And it's like, guys, come on, we got it. This got to You paid a billion dollars for this. There's got to be something else here. Meanwhile, over on TNT. If Bissonette doesn't like your team, you got to watch him like make fun of them. Like, why am I watching this? <laughs> what am I going to do? What, why would I watch a, a, my, a broadcast of my team if one of the broadcasters is going to make fun of my team and me? Why would I do that? Nobody cares. There's nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's something, there's got to be something that like is, uh, there's got to be something that is preventing it from getting any. Mm. Uh, any coverage like outside of us like I, I remember texting I can't remember if it was, who it was like, so, someone talking to me and being like have you heard about how bad the, the ESPN broadcasts were and he was like yeah <laughs> um, that was the end of the conversation like okay is anyone like is anyone going to do anything about it or you nope. know nope. anything like that and the answer yeah and uh, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs yeah, there was a play, I can't remember what the play was last year, and incarcerated Bob pointed out like it might have been Ovechkin. Oh, it was this year. I think it was like Ovechkin's like 800th goal or something, hmm. and the broadcast crew yes. was just like, it right. was it was Mark Messier I think in the booth with whoever and and was. I think incarcerated Bob like quote tweeted it's like uh, this is going to be the soundtrack to this goal forever now and it right. was just so bad. Right. Uh, and now it's the stand and. And you, yeah, they just didn't fix it because it just goes like nobody cares about the fans. Yeah, I think that's one thing that, as Islander fans, we kind of feel a little righteous about mm-hmm. is that it, you do feel like you matter. I think Ralph Macchio had a great tweet after the Islanders lost to that Lightning series. He like tweeted the picture of the team celebrating the goal by Beauvillier, and you, you could barely see the, the glass like separate. It looked like the entire crowd was celebrating with the team. Mm-hmm in this picture and, and, and Ralph Macchio was uh, who, who hopefully he's in the building tomorrow. I'm, I'm hoping for, for Ralph Macchio and Leo Komarov uh, <laughs> to be in the building tomorrow. Um, Quite a duo. He, yeah. He, he tweeted out like, that's why he loves this fan base and this team. And because like the, it's really hard to tell the different, like where the fans end and the team begins. Cause mm. you really do feel like a fabric of it. Cause you're just, it's such a tight knit thing and it's in the suburbs and mm. nobody else pays attention to it except for us. And, you know, it's just this weird connection you have. Like once, once 
the Islanders touch you like nothing, nothing will be the same. And, uh, and, but then you, you like kind of take a step back and, and you look at how sports really work. And then you see like the Dallas Mavericks lost the game on purpose, like a must win game to get into the playoffs. And they lost it on purpose to like secure a better draft pick. And people were having discourse on whether they should do it, whether that, that was okay or not. And they got fined like a drop in the bucket compared to what Mark Cuban makes. And, uh, didn't have to forfeit any draft picks. And if I was a Dallas Mavericks fan, I'd be like, that'd be like the Islanders just decide, yeah, we don't, we don't really believe in our chances. So we're just going to lo- lose the Canadians on purpose. Right. And the fans that we just took on this 82 game run, mm. you know, fuck you guys basically. And, uh, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's how these sports kind of work. It's just like, yeah. you don't matter at all. And I think part of why, we try to like grab and shake people outside of the Islander community and be like, look at what's going on over here. Cause like we kind of matter a little bit. Yeah. Like we do like to this team, like we, we matter. And uh, it falls on deaf ears of course, but you know, with, with, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to feel like your input matters in a sport or a league when they're trotting out John Bucci-Gross to call a playoff game that features Connor McDavid. Uh, <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's that's one hundred percent true, and that's why you know I got mad during the whole not to bring this up again real quick, but like well, I got mad throughout the whole Tavares thing. It's like, guys, we we matter. Like our fandom is just as important as your fandom. Like we've been at this for just as long. We're just as passionate as you are, even though we don't root for the team where you guys are all from. You know, like it's like where we are just as passionate. Our fandom is valuable and is important to us just as much as yours is. But again, falls on deaf ears, but regardless, uh, game three, UBS arena, seven o'clock Friday, uh, be there, watch it on TV. I know I will be. Uh, and, um, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday after game four. Uh, Mike will be at both games. So if you see him, say hello. And uh, we'll we'll discuss where the Islanders are at. And hopefully uh, they picked up two wins uh, after that. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy other playoff games if you watch them. Maybe watch them on mute. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, they're, they have been fun so far. So check them out. Uh, also, we put out a new episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast on Tuesday. Uh, we had to change the, the date around a little bit. But listen to it if you haven't already. It's with Lisa, a.k.a. Isles Chick from Twitter. She runs the absolutely indispensable Islander Mania account as well. Uh, and the episode is about Rob Shrimp, Rob Shrimp Hockey. Check that out if you missed it. Uh, it was fantastic, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And Rob Shrimp is a lighthouse hockey legend, obviously. Rob Shrimp Hockey, isn't that great? Uh, check it out. Uh, sign up at patreon.com slash islandersanxiety for bonus content and ad-free episodes. Follow us on Twitter at islesanxietypod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Thank you so much again for those that have left uh, reviews in the last month or so. It's been great. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. Be most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, Dom wrote a thing today. Alexander Romanov, game time decision. That'd be cool. We didn't even talk about him. Get him back out there. We'll see. Uh, is, is 80% of Romanov better than uh, 100% of Bull Duke? I don't know. Good question. We'll find out. Uh, visit VintageIceHockey.com. Use the code 4Cups. Get a free mug, pint glass, or Islanders anxiety puck when you spend $50 or more. Dry wines from the Pinot Project. Follow Fans First Sports Network on Twitter at Fans First SN. Uh, Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read and listen to his work at Action Network. Working very hard over there, late into the evenings, recording podcasts, writing articles. Read the Action Network because Mike is there. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, take a deep breath and head into Game Three on Friday night? Yeah, I think that. 
you know the the point I'm trying to convey here is that uh, it's not over. Objectively, it's not over because the Islanders have a game tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and whether or not that means that it, not over, of course, doesn't mean that they're likely to come back. But uh, you know, just if you could just try to channel that inner 2021 Islanders ethos and uh, Barry Trotz, uh, and just just focus on the next game and think about it as you know this kind of one game situation where if the Islanders do find a way to to win and they've shown some signs that they have a decent shot at it uh things are get completely changed here uh, in this series just get the, the whole tenor of the series will change with one win uh Friday night so let's just hope they get it mm. send us into the weekend feeling okay rather than miserable <laughs> Yes, please do. That would be fantastic. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back on Sunday. Enjoy the games, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.